Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Tottenham. Christmas period so that the games come thick and fast and with that seemingly with Tottenham comes more anger, disappointment that the games come thick and fast that we still don't turn up to. Uh, another one has just happened, certainly didn't turn up in the first half against Norwich, bottom of the league. Uh, they played well, Norwich, but in all reality with due respect to them, against bottom of the league we should be doing a job there, a professional job and getting a win. Uh, VAR let us off the hook. Uh, I'll talk about Pukki's goal that didn't stand, but the, the decision to not allow that, absolutely pathetic VAR. Um, again, uh, any questions or, or comments that you have, at LTalkTottenham on Twitter, I'll try and answer them. Uh, but for the meantime, begrudgingly again, because it's a bad performance, let's talk Tottenham. First things first, Norwich played well. Uh, they started off the game quickly, uh, got into us, which is what we should have been doing. You know, team that's struggling like Norwich, get into them quickly, fast attacking play, don't let them settle, which is what they did to us. Uh, but I have to say, some of our decision making, certainly at the back, is, I mean, I mean, shambolic is too nice a word for it. It's worse than that. Like, I know Foyth hasn't played that much. Uh, and people are using that as a defence for him, but really dribbling for the first goal, dribbling or trying to dribble where he was, is you know you've got to be more sensible than that, and don't do that. You know, just get rid of the ball. Yeah, yeah, it might just come back and go nowhere, but at least the goal isn't conceded. But as, as soon as he's done that, then we've got a problem in defence. And then Toby out of wheel for some reason just lets him run and run and run and run. And then he's got a clear shot on a free shot on goal. Like, I mean, I know, you know, he goes to him, he fl- he puts someone else in, and then, you know, that's then done. And then the same result, another goal. But at least try and do something. Don't let him have a shot. You know, there are people getting back. So when they're back, then go and engage him. And then someone should be able to try and stop the ball when it's passed. But the Tongan, you know, try to control it, bounced up, and then like went through to the next guy. The guy, I don't know who it was, Jamal Lewis as well had a shot, which again, uh, you know, he's. But again, there was there was too much space for them. They were able to turn, get the ball, turn and run. There's too much space. It's very similar to how West Ham played against us. Uh, Mourinho, I think his first game in charge, where they were allowing Deli Alley the freedom of the pitch. Absolutely stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. But you, you can't be letting someone run have free reign like that. You know even against bottom of the league, because they'll cause you problems. And it's the story of, of certainly this season as well, but under Pochettino, we didn't start very well in most games, then picked it up in the second half, which again happened. But we got a warning early on where, uh, you know, Ndombele, who actually played quite well, I thought, and Eriksen, who certainly in the second half played well, I thought, running into each other, trying to go for the same ball. And then we get a warning there where the shot comes in. Good save by Gazaniga, pushed wide. But that was a warning that they were up for it. They were going to close us down. We need to buck our ideas up. And we didn't. We, we just let them still have free reign. Absolutely ridiculous. And, and, you know, and then even the second goal, I know it was unlucky in a sense, 
with a deflection, but like three passes and a through ball, there was so much space for them to be able to turn around, pass the ball, look up, run with it. Like you can't be doing that. You in this league in, in football, professional football, you've got to close people down. You can't just let people just run up out of free reign to run. And you're gonna get punished even at this at the level that Norwich are playing at, you know. And then fourth again, I think it was before the goal, trying to let the ball go out rather than just hoof it. You know, Vatonga's a mistake that I messaged, uh, messaged, uh, mentioned. But the mistake's all over the shop early early in the game. You know, where's where's the way we used to play? You know, where you know we were under pressure for a couple of minutes, not starting well, and we'd calm it down. Ericsson would get into the game and dictate play. You know, and I was thinking about it, and I think. Dembele is the missing link there. I think he was very, very underrated. I know he was getting older and, and wasn't playing as much and was injured, but he he was superfluous. He, he, he you know, he, he just calmed it down. You give it to him, calm it down. He doesn't lose the ball or very, very rarely. You know, he shields it, he shields it, he keeps the ball and then, you know, he slows the game down, gives it to someone like an Ericsson who can then play good passes. But we seem to have completely lost that. You know, I mean, Ndombele looks good. And he reminds me of Dembele in the sense where, uh, you know, a dead ball at his feet, he can skin someone, which he was doing. But he is still young and, and you know, I still don't think fit. Or it was good that he played the full game. But in terms of slowing the game down and being like a midfield general, he's not at Dembele's level yet, and you know. I mean, it, it speaks volumes about Dembele, Soccer AM, on teammates, every player, when they ask them who's the best player at Spurs, Dembele was always the answer. It's no surprise to me there. Uh, fourth, as I mentioned, was poor. He looked really nervous and, and just decision-making awful. But I hope that this highlights to the Sanchez haters out there just how important he has been and how important he is. Because he is commanding a lot more commanding than fourth. I still think he needs uh, Alderville to kind of tell him where to be at certain times. But certainly much better than fourth. So, you know, so I hope that the Sanchez haters, like I say, appreciate him a bit more now. I mean, fourth will get better. He's just got to get those stupid things out of, out of his system. People saying they want him at centre midfield, like the, the defensive midfield. But, you know, Still dribbling like that, getting knocked off the ball that easily. He's not going to work there either. Setignon, I'm glad he got another game. Um, but to me, he doesn't look very confident. There were times where if it was Sun out there, the ball would have gone to him and then he'd have taken the guy on because he was one-on-one -on -one with him, skinned him pretty much instantly, where Setignon was always looking for the back pass. So I'm not sure if it's lack of playing time or lack of confidence or both. But it just seemed to me that, you know, I mean, he wasn't getting the ball as quickly as Sun would either. That, would, that doesn't help. But there were times where he was one-on-one -on -one and he could have gone past them. Like he did with Fulham when he was exciting. Uh, so I'm not sure, as I say, what, what the issue was. Like, first half again, couldn't pass. Even Kane knocking it out for throws when he was trying to just stretch the play in a fairly easy ball. No effort, closing down, the lack of movement going forward. And then when we did get chances, we just spurned them like Ali. Like, it was a good pass to Kane. Uh, he waited and waited and waited. Ali, Ali did all the right things, you know, getting up to play. Someone tried to foul him and drag him back, but he shrugged that off. 
It puts through, put through to him, show a bit of composure like you have been doing. No, rushes it, lift, leans back, blasts it over the bar. Came with a route one without a real playing it towards him. Uh, it was good goalkeeping by Krull, to be fair there. Kane did all the right things, good control and tried to lift it over him, but good goalkeeping. But still, we need to be scoring those and, and you know. And then we come to the, the second Norwich goal that wasn't. Uh, firstly, Aurea pissing about again, like fourth, trying to dribble into places that he's not going to be able to dribble because there's too many people there. Uh, and then a long ball, and fuck knows what Batongan was doing, just waiting for it to drop to Pukki's uh, chest and chest it down before he made a move to close him down. And then he, he, you know, Pukki give him a chance and he'll score. But offside, like, his shoulder, because he was leaning forward, was slightly offside, but at no point in the move has he used his shoulder. So, <laughs> it's just, you know, and, and the red and blue line that was used for the VAR thing, uh, it was basically on top of each other. There was no gap there at all. So, how can that be given offside. It's just absolute garbage. Like VAR's brought in for clear and obvious mistakes and you're bringing it in and using it for something that's level, pretty much. Just absolute shamble. But, I mean, that goal should have stood. There's no way that should have uh, been disallowed. And, and, you know, but the, the play from us, defensive play, was god-awful from the start of that move. So, absolutely... God awful. They said on commentary that it was because he was coming back from an offside position. It's like, fine. But he'd come back from the offside position and was onside. So why the fuck is it given this? It's just absolute nonsense. Uh, but yeah, absolutely ruining the game, VAR. Just, and it would have been nothing less than Norwich deserved, you know, for their endeavour and their closing down and the, the positive way they started the game. But it, it's ruining the game. We had so many decisions, you know, like the Sun goal against Leicester, which was disallowed for a millimetre, you know, but then the next week, IU scores one for Crystal Palace, which is a millimetre on offside again. You know, the Sheffield United goal that against us that got disallowed for a millimetre, you know. Uh, uh, I think it's Sheffield United who have had a or was it Bright and Lewis Dunk, I think, has had three disallowed for similar things. Absolute bloody shambles. The whole encroachment thing as well is a joke that happened to get for Man City. Like, you know, yeah, Connor Cody had, had encroached and then he cleared it, but there was a Man City player who encroached further forward. So how can you, you know... But I personally think the penalty is if the, key, if the striker misses it, that's his fucking problem. Uh... I seem to be swearing a lot more here. Uh, I think that's possibly to do with how bad Tottenham have been playing and it's just winding me up. Uh, but the encroachment, it, it, it's a striker's problem. He should be scoring from 12 yards. You know, if he's not good enough to do that, then he doesn't deserve the goal. So letting it get taken back and then Sterling misses again. But then he puts in the rebound. It's so harsh on Patricio, who saved two penalties. But yet VAR intervenes with that again. You know, absolutely... Ridiculous. Like, cause if he scores, it doesn't matter about the encroachment because he's none, none the wiser as to any, anyone has encroached. So I think, unless it's past the penalty spot and in the striker's eye line, 
And it just waived that rule. But it's VAR again, just absolute joke. They do get some right, like Sun's uh, red card was was right. Penalty decision against Chelsea against Gazaniga was right, but taking four minutes to decide that that penalty decision, you don't need any different angles. It's fairly obvious. So it's just ruining the game and, and it's not being used in the right way. Um, you know, then Genius on match of the day saying, I'll oh, scrap it. Look, you can't scrap it now because then it's an unfair advantage going forward for teams who have had uh, bad stuff happen or, 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 or been affected by VAR. So you've got to keep it going for the season now and the way it is. But next season, certainly, cut it out. Look, the referees are seemingly looking to just VAR rather than make a decision and then VAR overturn it if it's wrong. You know, what's wrong with the, you know, in the World Cup it worked with the, the referees going to the monitor and checking for themselves and then making a decision. And then they see exactly what VAR sees. But they're not doing that. So whether they've been told not to do that or they just decided not to, it's just poor. It's just really, really poor. And, you know, it's ruining the game because teams can't celebrate now. Pookie runs to the corner flag, celebrates, and then two minutes later, actually, that celebration was in vain. It's not a goal. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, so that's the first half out of the way, although what I missed, I forgot to say, which I should have done, which I thought for the first goal, the guy didn't really uh, put it in the corner and I thought Gazanig was a bit flat-footed on his line there. Um, he could have come out a little bit, tried to narrow the angle, but he got, basically allowed him the full reign of the goal, but then he'd make the save early on, second goal, the, the, the Pookie, no, no goal and the, 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 the actual second goal he had no chance with. Um, yeah, I think he was a bit flat-footed there. Like I said, I think we need a new goalkeeper. But anyway, we'll call this half-time and talk about the second half and then the January transfer window and what I think we need in the second half. Back in a bit. So that was a god-awful first half. More then comes on and Sanchez taking off... Uh, Tongan moving Sessignon back so Moore can play further forward and Foyth, the liability, putting Sanchez a bit more commanding on, uh, which did work. But what I'd be saying is why the hell wasn't Moore playing from the start? He changed the game against Brighton, looked good, and then came off after 75 minutes, which I thought was to be vested, and he's not there. Like, absolutely stupid. Like This Southampton game, he's got to be playing that team who finished. Maybe with a few little tweaks, like put the Tongan back instead of setting on at left back, maybe. I thought the Celso did all right, a few nice touches, but didn't really get involved in the game. He, even in the second half, he, he had a delightful ball to Ali that he just delayed ever so slightly, so Ali was offside. No VAR needed for that. He was a good yard offside. But it was a nice bit of improvisation and imagination. But even with Ericsson in that first half, with no movement, there was still... So slow and not quick. It picked up in the second half. I think Mora helps with that. Like he's direct and runs at people. He's a bit of a... He's not like a bail dribbling where it's close to his feet. It is, it is a rather a bit wild and he has a heavy touch. But at least he tries and, you know... Or, you know, With him yesterday, like he was trying too hard, I thought, to try and play the killer pass rather than just stick his foot through it. You know, you're not a playmaker so all these nice little passes no disguise so easy to 
defend against. Kane played all right in the second half, but you know, winning all those plaudits in the Brighton game, and rightfully so for his captain's performance, was everywhere. Where, where was that performance in this game? You know, you know, it, you know, like filling in at right back, you know, busting a gut to, to get to the ball. Could have been tired, I suppose, because it was two days ago, so maybe being a bit harsh, but you know. Someone like a Roy Keane, his captain performance was every game. There was no captain performance this week and then uh, I'll have a poor one not really put the effort in next week. So Kane is the captain, needs to be the leader and do what he did in the second half against Brighton more, more than just once. Um, but yeah, the corners again. Like for Ericsson, his free kick was superb, although the, the, the guy on the wall of it flicked his arms. Didn't really jump. He shied away from it. If he'd jumped high, it, would, it might have smacked him in the face, but it would have stopped the goal going in or it would have flicked over the uh, crossbar. But he didn't really jump. But it was a good play by Ericsson. But, you know, he obviously, you, you take a free kick. You, I imagine you, uh, right, I'm going to go for the top corner. I'm going to aim for there. So surely with a corner, you aim for the penalty spot in the air in the same kind of way. But yet he can't beat a man from the first corner. Absolutely Bizarre and, and so bloody frustrating as well. Uh, but yeah, like the second half was much better and, and we started playing. But then we get the, that goal and then we just concede the, the second goal, which was horrendous. Like just let them have too much space and, and to have free will to do what they want. And then when I mean, they get lucky, like everyone's saying that San, uh, uh, Orvi is awful, which... He has been, and certainly for the Pookie goal and, and some of his crosses, like absolutely terrible. But that one, I don't think there was much he could do with that. He was at right back and trying to cover. It was the midfield and, and the players on the left who weren't closing down. So I think it was just a little bit unlucky. But so I, I think he is awful and, and pretty poor, but not for that part. I think that was slightly unlucky. But Norwich deserved that for that Pookie goal, which was a ridiculous VAR decision and their endeavour, certainly in the first half. So they did deserve something from the game. It's just we, we should be putting those teams to the sword and, and just doing a professional job. We want to make this fourth, which is looking even less likely now, unless we have a really good January and then pick right up and learn to defend and keep clean sheets and not concede ridiculous amounts of goals. Uh, but yeah, more again. Energy changed the game a little bit, like a bit more energy, and then that becomes infectious. Good to see Lamella back. He's, I think he's very infectious with his energy. Had a shot, which fortunately straight to keep it did swerve a little bit, but again, like the, Norwich sat right back towards the end. I think they settled for the two all, but if they can nick something on the counter, then even better. But don't lose the game. So they sat all the way back, and we're trying to play little passes, like more we're try, trying and playing little passes, which aren't going to work in a congested box like that. So it was good to see Lamella just having a pot shot and having a go. Uh, some debate as well about the penalty. Was it a penalty? Was it not? So, I mean, people say I'm biased, but I think it was a penalty. I'd, I'd say a definite penalty. He has taken him out. What I would say is Kane was looking for it, but, you know, you tell me a striker when a defender dives in that isn't looking for it. Uh, and what I also will say is it, it was... It was I mean, you talk about our poor decision-making. It was very poor decision-making by that Norwich defender. Because there's no way he wins in that. He either takes the guy out and gives away a penalty, which is what happened. You know how reliable Kane generally is at the, from the penalty spot. 
Or if the player sees it, he, he, he's dived in, committed himself, he's going to slide out the way. And then someone tricky like a Messi or Ronaldo or Bale or a son can, you know, just keep the ball there and out of his way so he slides past it and he's got a free shot on goal. It's very dis- poor decision-making, but was Kane looking for it? Absolutely. But, you know, I think it was a poor decision and was a penalty. And, you know, Kane gets labelled as a diver and all of this, which he has done in the past. No denying that, no doubt about that, that he has in the past. Same with Ali, same with Son. But, you know, you tell me a team in the Premiership that don't have one player that has dived or does dive, you can't because everybody does. So you want to label that criticism at Kane, fine. But, you know, I've got a friend who's a United fan who was saying all of this about Kane, but then when I said that Ronaldo used to and Ashley 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 Young used to, that got ignored. But, you know, there's no doubt about the fact that they dived as well and, and have in the past. So, you know, every club does, every team does. But if the FA want to stamp it out and FIFA want to stamp it out, they've got to, you know, if there is a dive and they've got VAR now, you know, ban them for three games. Ban them for three games. They miss three games. Could be important games. Could be the difference between winning a league, not winning a league, getting qualification, not getting qualification, getting relegated and staying up. You know, same with racism. Don't just give little, like, you know, little punishments which aren't going to do anything. Give them proper punishments which actually affect them and the team. Same with diving if you want to stamp it out. But on this one, I don't think it was a dive by Kane. I think it was him looking for it and it was an easy decision to just wait until he came clattering into him. He hasn't taken him fully out, but he has slid in. He's out of control a little bit. Not a red card out of control. You know, He, he has slid into him and taken his leg out and then he's got every right to go down and I'm not sure about the foul on, on, on for the first goal with the handball. It was definite handball, but they were saying that he got pushed, which I'm not sure he did. I think he lost his balance a little bit. But, yeah, I, I don't think that was a, a foul on, on the defender who handballed it. So, But certainly the second half was better. We looked, apart from the goal, we looked better in defence with uh, Sanchez there. Um and better going forward with more over there. But I'd like to see that team start against Southampton. But that's not going to be easy because they're playing really well at the moment. They've had a second win, really found their form, moving away from the relegation zone and will be full of confidence. But then we got the Liverpool game after that. So we really, really need a win in that one. So that's the game. Now we're approaching January, so the transfer window opens. Uh, so all this talk on Twitter, I've seen that we're, we're not going to make any changes, which I think we have to. And another report saying we will and there's money to spend. So I don't know what to believe. But Mourinho cannot be happy with the team that he's got at the moment. Certainly in that defence. He, he just can't. Like It's just an absolute shambles. Like We haven't conceded, uh, kept a clean sheet away from home in the league for a year. I mean, that, for a team that want to be challenging for titles and... and and worst case scenario, getting top four. That's just criminal, that is. It's absolute nonsense that that's the case. Uh, so we have to. We have to. Like, and then we've got the Christian Eriksen situation, which, as showed yesterday, he got man of the match, which some people were saying, how the hell did that happen? But, you know, certainly in that second half, he was dictating a lot of the play, certainly for us. Although I thought Ndombele played quite well. 
But again, lack of movement for him, really. There's not much he can do with it then. But generally, every time he got the ball, he would take on someone and generally beat them. And he does keep the ball quite well. As I said, he's not Dembele level yet. Yet. Uh, but the Ericsson situation, the talk that, you know, a swap with him and Bale, which would be good for nostalgia reasons. I think everyone at Tottenham loves Bale or would love to have him back, certainly. But he's not a playmaker, so he, he, he's the kind of son and more player who needs the balls to him quickly so he can take people on. So without an Ericsson, then that's not going to happen. Uh, Coutinho was rumoured. So if we get Coutinho, that is a natural swap. And I'll be happy with that. Uh, I think he, he's still on loan from Barcelona. But if we get Coutinho, I'd be happy with that because he's a playmaker as well. Uh, other playmakers that, you know, Felipe Anderson at West Ham, he's, he's a good playmaker. And, you know, they're in a bit of disarray at the moment, especially if they get Moyes. I mean, I can't imagine the players would be happy. You know, certainly the players that signed there when, when their, their vision was to try and break into the top four and now they're going back to a manager they had 18 months ago who didn't really progress them. Uh, although West Ham, would they sell to us? Possibly, but a very, very high inflated price. Uh, but yeah, so a playmaker is important. When we need to get him integrated into the team. But when Ericsson does go, which is looking likely in the summer, he's just going to run his contract down. But it does show yesterday that while he's still there, he will play and, and try. Uh, but I, I read as well that PSG have offered him a contract worth £12 million, I think, for how many years he's, he's there in the summer. Uh, so I, I think he'll. I think there'll be bids for him, but yeah, Levy can accept them all he wants. But if Ericsson doesn't want to go, then he's just going to turn them down, isn't he? Unless Levy pays him off, but... We cannot let him go without a playmaker. So he, he's not the big, big priority because he, he'll be the priority in the summer. But the priority, the, the full-backs aren't good enough. Certainly in, on the right, like all here is an accident waiting to happen. Uh, I don't know who you get in to replace him. There's the talk of a Leipzig guy. I can't remember his name. He's a defender. I think he's more of a central defender, same as Atal. Not sure where he plays. Uh but, you know, with Alderweireld coming to the end of his time and his pace will slow even more. Uh, the Tongan, will he get a new contract? Not sure. He's playing as a makeshift left back at the moment, so certainly need a left back. Uh, I said I said I, a few podcasts ago that I'd started playing on football manager. I bought Ben Chilwell for left back, but obviously that's not going to happen. Why would he leave Leicester? Um, someone like that who who is... Good going forward, but can also defend as well. Like it's a real shame what happened to Danny Rose because a few seasons ago, that 16-17 season, his defending had improved no end. He was always good. He was always good going forward. Although the injury, and I think he had some mental health issues, which I really think affected him. Uh, but the injury as well, I think, knocked a bit of pace off him. Which, when you think of Danny Rose, the first thing that comes to mind is is a kind of bombarding forward fullback at pace. So without that pace or lack of pace, it lost a bit of his game. But I think confidence as well was a little bit shot to pieces. 
Uh, but if we get him back, which I don't think we can, I think the, the picture spoke a thousand words after. I think the Chelsea game, 15 minutes after the game, he was still on the pitch, just looking down. Possibly goodbye, Tottenham. If we get someone like that, like a Chilwell, which we won't, but I mean, that would help. And then one on the right side as well. Like obviously, you know, everyone raves about Trent Alexander-Arnold, but d defensively, he's not quite there yet. And he'll, he'll potentially get found out in the Champions League or if England make late stages of the European Championships. But then, you know, you make him defend, don't go forward as much. You uh, <laughs> don't quite get the 30 or, or 20 assists, which, you know, you could probably accept conceding a few goals or possession here or there uh, for the 20 assists. Um, but yeah, certainly a, a defensive midfielder as well, I think. Well, I, I do like Dyer, but again, I think the, the... Did he have appendicitis, I think it was? That and injuries and everything have really stunted him and he needed a, Dem, a Dembele with him. That they complemented each other perfectly. Uh, same with Wanyama if Dembele wasn't there. You know, big strong man who did all the muscle work and then uh, Dyer was just there to sit and break up play and marshal the kind of line in front of the defence. But you know, he's got Winks who likes to go forward, same as Sissoko, same with Ndombele, so he's a bit isolated. Uh, and his pace has gone a little bit now. But yeah, I, I certainly think in terms of priority, there's, there's you know, four th players to buy there. You can also say a backup to Kane, but you know it's very difficult when you've got arguably the best striker in the league. Who, when you play one up top, players are going to know that if Kane's fit, they won't play. So how can you get someone in who's quality, proven, but isn't going to play? So I think that's very difficult to do. Because even if they play well, are they really going to? force Kane out and make a change and Kane sits on the bench? No. So I think we, we stick with power. We give him a bit, a bit of game time, a bit of confidence, certainly start him in the Cups. Um, I think we've got the FA Cup, I think, after the uh, Southampton game against uh, Middlesbrough. So, But then you've got a tricky one with that. With An FA Cup is a realistic chance of winning a trophy. So do you play a weak team against a, a way to Middlesbrough, which won't be easy? And then risk losing and then keep Kane on the bench just in case, which if it was me, I think I would. I'd give Power a chance because if, if he doesn't play in that, he's never going to play, is he? If he can't get into the team against Middlesbrough Championship team. So I think you do that, leave Kane on the bench just in case and bring the cavalry on if it's not going to plan. Uh, but in terms of the priority in January, I think goalkeeper would be the priority in the summer. I don't know who you get, though. We were having a discussion at the pub yesterday, like, who's the best goalkeeper in the world? And no one really knew. Uh, one of my friends said, hmm, probably Neuer still, but he's not as good as he used to be, which, you know, back in years gone past, you'd be saying, like, you know, early in the 90s, Schmeichel, uh, then Petr Cech, and then uh, Neuer had his time, Buffon. There were a lot of world-class goalkeepers, whereas now even De Gea's, Fallen down. There was a time, not like a few years ago, he was the best goalkeeper in the world by a mile. But some I'd be looking at that and take a leaf out of Liverpool's book. In terms of priority, number one priority would be the two full-backs. Uh, so, you know, because you know, a, lot, a lot of the uh, space comes from the full-back area where chances are created for the opposition. Second, 
I'd say a defensive midfielder. I mean, Rice was talked about, but he's not. He's not quite at it. Although he's playing in a, a team that's struggling, but I, I don't think his positional play is quite there. So yeah, so number one would be the fullbacks. I think Sanchez and Alderweireld for this season are good and, and and sorted. So I'd say number two would be the defensive midfielder. Uh, again, I, I think the Ericsson situation, if we lose a playmaker and don't get a playmaker, we're in a lot of trouble because we'll have no pace, no creativity. So I'd say, I mean, if he leaves in January, that becomes, for me, the number one priority. Because, right? you know, you ain't going to solve the defensive crisis and keep a clean clean sheet every game just by getting two fullbacks. But, you know, if you can't create anything or create any chances, you ain't going to score goals, you ain't going to win any games. So if Ericsson leaves in January, then he's the number one priority to replace with a like for like. Uh, but if he leaves in the summer, you can wait for that until the summer. Uh, and then the central defence to plan for Alderweireld and Vertonghen leaving, I'd say the last priority. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's my opinion. Again, if you agree with that, disagree with that, got comments like who we should buy or, or whatever at L Talk Tottenham, like I said, um, I'd like to know, it'd be good to know what other people think. And that's it for this week. Again, uh, we've got a game, I think, on uh, New Year's Eve. Maybe it's New Year's Day, Southampton away. Won't be easy, like I say, but we've got to start better than we have been doing. Start the front foot, play that team who ended the game against Norwich or the team that ended against uh, Brighton and go for it, you know. I was quite happy with the team against Norwich and then we just started off like absolutely terrible again. You know? We had to rest a few players because obviously two games away, but I think it highlights the fact that Sanchez has to play. He's been our best defender for quite a while, even though there's a lot of Sanchez haters out there. Um, but he definitely shored it up. Uh, whether it was his fault, like the, the through ball would have been his fault to Puki potentially. It could have been out of field. Um, but yeah, I think certainly start on the front foot, start with Mora, get him in there, and Ericsson and Ndombele if he can, if he's still fit, and then go toe to toe with them. Because if, if we start off slow and don't do anything, we are really going to come unstuck against Southampton potentially because they're on form at the moment. Uh, but ho hopefully. The players will have learnt their lesson, Mourinho as well, and we'll start off quick and actually play an actual good game of football for an entire game of football. Um, hopefully anyway. So let's hope that's the case. And come on, you Spurs. Mm -hmm.